Welcome to the Primal Training Podcast. I'm your host, Mamoun Benani, a holistic fitness and nutrition coach. The goal of this podcast is to bring ancestral wisdom to the modern world by sharing insightful conversations with experts in movement, nutrition, and spirituality. I really hope to provide practical strategies to enhance your lives. Enjoy! In today's episode, I'm interviewing Luca Cursor. Luca is the founder of Kettlebell.ca, a school that teaches about kettlebells and many other things. Luca's philosophy is functional and holistic, and he integrates the mind in the movement, which is something we will be discussing about, and also we'll be talking about his background and interesting stories. Looks all good. Everything set up. Everything set up. Thanks, Luca, for. Uh Accepting this uh, this talk, my pleasure. I was I'm really looking forward to this. Um, we we kind of met like randomly. Uh, life makes things happen, and uh, so I discovered what you do. Uh, first, I was looking for kettlebells, uh, like a set of kettlebells, and it's like crazy right now to get a hold of anything. Yep. Um, got to find about his gym, and then. Looked a little bit in his website. I'm like, this is this is like a good like where I see myself maybe like in 10 or 15 years. I haven't. You have obviously more experience than me, um, but like the when I saw like your philosophy, the way you train your client, uh, you really have this conscious uh, uh, like philosophy. You have you have this connection, the mind body connection, and uh, this is just from what I saw fr- from the website. But I have many other questions that we will go through now. Um, and yeah, just to give a little bit of background, you're gonna give us a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, so your story, you started what, 10, 10 years ago, 15 years ago in personal training, uh, focusing on kettlebells or? Yeah, I started in 2012 and my story began in ke- with kettlebells because I actually was incarcerated right. for seven years and mm-hmm. my 20s. Okay. So when I was, uh, Turned 21, actually I was in prison. Mm-hmm. And what got me there, of course, was a, is another story, but I made some bad decisions when I was younger. And being in jail actually got me a chance to look at myself and learn about myself and learn about what I enjoy doing. And I got into physical training and arts and meditation and wow. uh, other things and literature. So you have a lot of time on your hands. Right. So what better chance than to transform your body so Mm -hmm. I got into calisthenics strength training and I stumbled upon uh, kettlebells uh, by chance you know but I I don't believe in chance but it it was for a reason Mm -hmm. and so I got into Pavel Tsatsulin's books through a friend of mine that had uh, one of his books and he gave it to me and I got really interested in that was in prison yeah okay and the type of teachings that he he had because it was a different concept than the popular trend that you read in uh, you know popular fitness magazines like men's health uh, uh, muscle and fitness and uh, those those other health magazines that are um, you could say in the uh, that are out there in uh, the most popular ones yeah right so uh, what attracted to me about Pablo's teachings is that he made the complex scientific um, principles, he broke them down into something simple for everyone to understand. Mm-hmm. And he had a, like you could say, uh, 
we say um, two inch wide but a mile deep. Mm -hmm. So it's teaching us not so many things, but having a really deep approach on the how, the why, the little details. So right. It's very te te technician oriented, but yeah. also minimalist approach. Yeah, that's I like that. Yeah, that's what I felt like. You, you were, he was just showing me uh, a few minutes ago how to do a swing. And I, this is the first time I see so many details in a movement that might appear like simple, but there's so many, so many things that make it change a lot. Like I do swings for like from time to time, but I really feel it now because I there are things that I kept in my mind and they made it really difficult. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I see that you're, you embody his uh, Yeah, his, the his philosophy. Yeah. So it's getting the most out of the least and not, ha not having to do so many other things. Uh, I think for me, that's what attracted me to the, uh, to the philosophy is uh, being minimalist, mm -hmm. but doing exercise or movements that really deliver if they're done correctly, but adding all these little layers of, of details on what happens inside, what happens to your breathing, your body, uh, and how you, how you apply it. Right. So I got, uh, I got obsessed with those type of uh, books and uh, his teachings. Yeah. And I really wanted to learn more and the book was actually not based on kettlebell training, but on barbell. And it was okay. only based on two exercises, which uh, was the deadlift, barbell deadlift, and the press. Okay. So it's a book only focusing on two exercises, but he talks about the, the tension, the breathing, the, um, the principles, and where it comes from, like a strong man uh, idea that you have to practice rather than work out. Mm -hmm. So the idea that we have to do a workout is completely the, the conception is kind of a bit uh, not I think people will think it like they have to really push themselves all the time and they're, they're, they're training like they take it literally working out mm -hmm. but if we change our approach approach where you want to get better every time you train you focus on how you do it you focus on the details you yeah. know your hand, hand positioning your foot positioning the muscles working and your awareness of your body so right. we think of more of our training like a practice and rather than trying to do a workout the, the word itself says that you literally work yourself out until you can't anymore mm. but if you if you if you in, in a in a sense that if you want to do it again you can't have that philosophy you have to do it where you get the minimal effect of those and you leave the session feeling good feeling mm. uh, energized like a recharge yeah rather than burnt out because if you work out all the time you lead up to burnout you yeah. know so but if you think of your training as a practice and a recharge you just end up feeling good and there's no chance for a plateau because you listen to your body so much yeah right so that's a bit of our approach, kind of like the old-time strongman uh, martial arts approach to training. And that's where my roots started. And I got certified with Pavel Tsatsulin into the, um, when he was with his older company. And then when I was uh, at that time, he was transferring over to Strong First, which uh, his company now, which were a school of strength. Yeah. And we teach people strength training. But as a philosophy, we teach like the two-inch wide, mile-deep uh, approach. Right. Where we just teach you a few things, but really well. Yeah. Really, really well. So what's happening internally and, and all these things. Yeah. So um, now I own my own um, uh, facility, Kettlebell Club. Yeah. I'm a proud owner. But um, at this moment, you know, because of the situation, uh, I turned my gym into like a, 
a store where we sell kettlebells. Right. So we sell kettlebells, we sell um, the philosophy, we sell training, but we're also educators. We help uh, empower others with uh, this tool. And mm. we also teach calisthenics, which is accessible for everyone, yeah. which is nice. You don't need any equipment. Yeah. But the same approach to calisthenics as we use with kettlebells and also barbell as well. Yeah. So it's, it's a really the level of detail and we find we, people get more out of it. But it's not for everyone. You have to have patience. You mm -hmm. know, you're not gonna get, uh, you're not gonna get there right away. It takes, um, it takes a certain commitment for, for someone to wanting to really get there. But the results speak for themselves. People get stronger in a shorter amount of time, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they get hooked. You know, they get addicted to it. You know, once we show them this level of technique with the kettlebell, they get, they get addicted to kettlebells. Yeah, you know, they really like it. Yeah. So, um, long story short, I've been at it since uh, earlier 2012 with kettlebells per se, mm -hmm. and we I learned kettlebells in prison because they had ordered some. Okay. And I got Is that because of you, or yeah, <laughs> you one of my them? yeah, one of my friends was working for the rec department at the time, yeah. and he uh, I influenced him actually because uh, I was talking to him about Pavel, and we were ordering and sharing the books okay, and stuff. Cool. And so he convinced them to order kettlebells there, and we started practicing the swing and the get up yeah. and the snatches and stuff like that. And uh, by the time I got certified, my teacher said, "Look, you already have pretty good technique. You just have to sharpen it a little bit yeah. more." but you already have it. So it was from reading all the books. Huh. And um, it, you know, my, my teacher, John, at the time, he said, look, Pavel is, he, you know, he's forming his own team and he wants you to be part of it. Okay, So well. it, it was an honor for me to, to join and um, it's been, you know, history ever since because I've traveled the world going to many different countries, learning. Wow. Um, I've been to Korea, uh, Czech Republic, Italy, France, Poland, um, and you know, I look forward to al also all over Canada. Yeah, and I look forward to traveling some more. You know, when when things open back up again. But it's yeah. it's been a it's like a passion, You're traveling, teaching, and learning also, and um, you know, not just leading from example, but being a student at the same time. Yeah, continuing the the philosophy that I'm still a student. I still learn. You know, so I I love to learn. I always take courses every year still still uh, educating myself and yeah. all the time wow so what a story a what a story yeah and so what was really like your your wake-up call like w there must have been something that clicked i know like something that, that, that changes the rest of your entire sure. life so wh what was the the, w the one thing if you if you don't mind sharing i don't think it was one thing in particular it, it was like an uh, series of events or you could say circumstances and also the environment where I was at. Uh, where I got into training, I got into training because I always wanted to, to do it and I was inspired by, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a okay. childhood idol of mine, you know, yeah. through the movies and stuff and growing, uh, watching Arnold movies like Terminator, yeah. all those cool movies, right? So, I, you know, I got into kind of bodybuilding in prison and yeah. that, that uh, type of training and so we got into the body part splits, the typical uh, arm leg day and stuff right. like that. And then I got more into the strength aspect because I wanted to improve. I li liked, enjoyed seeing my numbers goes up and seeing my body change and my body getting stronger. Right. So I just looked for ways on how can I do that. Searched, you know, um, uh, any information I could get my hands on, books, magazines, mm -hmm. reading everything I could that was available to me at the time on 
training and uh, physical culture and strength training. So yeah. I ended up being, uh, ended up, like I said, reading Pavel's books. Yeah. And that's what got me hooked, is that the guy doesn't look so strong. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you know, it was kind of this ru uh, skinny Russian guy. Yeah. But he was, and w what he was talking about was the, um, the culture, the physical culture aspect that I couldn't get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You couldn't really find it in magazines or uh, men's fitness or muscle fitness. Yeah. You know, that, that um, old school approach. Yeah. So that's kind of what got me, you could say, I, I found my calling. And when I got into, uh, learned about kettlebells, I said, this thing is cool. You know, this thing, this thing is really unique. You know, what is this? It kind of piqued my curiosity. Mm. So I said, let, let me try this. And then when I got to it, it just became uh, a love. You know, yeah. a love affair between me and the kettlebell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and know, and so I feel like there's something like primal about the, the shape, you know, like totally. the kettlebell Absolutely. itself. I can't imagine like Greeks or Romans using sure. it. Sure. Uh, there's probably some history. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's Russian, Russian. I yeah, guess. they say it's Russian. I think it's a super old tool. Uh, I think it, uh, like it, from what I've heard, it dates back over 300 years old. Yeah. And um, if you, of course, you look at its shape, it's a, it's a ball, it's a iron ball. Yeah. And how did they start, you know, using this thing? It's, you know, was a cannonball actually. And oh, during the, okay. the war times, um, how you carried cannonballs was they, they had a hole through it. Oh. And uh, they had like a little thin rod with a handle and you just stick the rod through it and that's how you would carry the cannonballs. Okay. So it, had a, it was a cannonball with a handle. That's how they carried cannonballs from the ships or wherever they wanted to bring them. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, you think that probably soldiers or fighters, they would like sit around the, the campfire one day, start swinging them and hey, look what I can do. With yes. This. So maybe that's where it started. Ah. Uh, but the, the original shape was um, actually they called it uh, the Girya in Russian. Okay. Um, and Girya actually means kettlebell, but it also stands for strength, strength training. Okay. But its original design was for measuring cargo on a large, large scale. So, so it's the food? The yeah, the yeah. counterweight. So it's, they used it for measuring cargo on large, uh, for large ships or, or uh, trains, stuff like that. So yeah. And then I think it grew into um, like traveling circus men where they used it as for circus performer acts where they would lift heavy weights and uh, demonstrate in front of the, the spectators like what they could do, right? Yeah. Lift up these used barbell or, or kettlebells. And then actually it uh, became like a Russian pastime, lifting kettlebells. Yeah. And it became a sport in uh, world around World War II mm -hmm. uh, called uh, Giria Sport, okay. GS. And it's a completely different style than what we do now. Um, it evolved into the 80s into the military with the special forces, the Spechnas. And they used yeah. it with the, the soldiers to get them in shape for war, for fighting. Okay. Right? And it, in, um, they used it with hand-to-hand -hand combat to get really strong and in a great condition for war. Okay. So uh, they called it hard style, which yeah. was, comes from a martial arts philosophy of uh, force meets force. That you're okay. trying to really uh, break boards or knock out, mm -hmm. to have like the knockout punch. So when I was showing you my swing, it's very powerful, uh. it's very intense. So it's with the idea that you wanna knock out. You know, okay, it's like interesting. A, like a martial arts punch or uh, um, almost like fighting. Yeah. Okay. So Interesting. With that level of intensity that we train, we train kettlebells. So that's where hard style kettlebell came. Huh. From that that military concept that uh, force meets force. 
Okay. You know, and they use it from uh, some karate philosophies as well. So, All right. Uh, so that's where it kind of started. And then Pavel Tsatsulin brought the kettlebell to North America in 1998. Mm -hmm. And then he formed the Russian kettlebell certification. And then, well, first he had his book, of course, it started the revolution. Then he had this uh, certification. And then in 2012, he uh, created Strong First, which is where we are now yeah. in the system. So it's been refining ever since, yeah. since 1998, so over 20 years. Yeah. So 20, 21 years. Okay. 20, 23 years, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, so interesting. it's been a long time coming. I haven't done kettlebells for that long, but, you know, I learned from the best. I went directly to the source. And what was interesting for me is when I got out of prison, all the guys that I'd learned from in the, in the books and the magazines, I got to meet them in person. Wow. You know, so my, my, my role models, when I learned in the books there, I got to meet them eventually. Yeah. It's like a really manifestation of Correct. all these years, like studying yep. and learning about them. Yep. Wow, good. So, so yeah. So now, like you've been talking about a little bit your, um, like this philosophy. We'll, we'll sure dive a little bit more into the the kettlebell philosophy. But so, what what do you think is wrong with uh, like other like let's say main, mainstream fitness or what you see people doing in a gym or what's the thing that's adding what's the the positive things that kettlebells is adding like one done correctly of course but w what is it adding to uh to to today's fitness yeah great question like kettlebells are just becoming mainstream now and they've slowly been creeping up into the mainstream and people are just realizing it now that it's a great tool for you know conditioning strength and doing workouts that are accessible from anywhere yeah because it's just a handle you know you could carry it you could have it at home and you could discreetly do your workout before you know your wife wakes up or <laughs> yeah right get it, do it uh, quickly and efficiently so it's a really great tool to get these uh, full body type of workouts done without the use of uh, much equipment it can replace an entire gym if you know what to do with it you can you know, train it to work everything, lower upper body core, you know yeah. it. But I think what's lacking now is the knowledge of how to use it and the little details, the little technique, which may make all the difference. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just uh, education for, for, for trainers and for, for people is really learning uh, from the source because it tends to get diluted after a while and people start grabbing in and say, yeah, look what I can do and they, they like, call themselves expert now right because I can you know anyone can pick up a kettlebell start using it and just uh, shoot a video on post it on Instagram or, or right. Facebook right and yeah say, yeah watch me and you know people will get inspired by that mm -hmm. and but they may send out the wrong message that uh, to people that are not ready for it yet you know so it takes time to master something um, and then me I took years doing it you know so um, I think everyone still has to be a student and to continue their education mm -hmm. and to just learn, uh, go to the source, yeah. you know, stu study it, stu study something before you uh, start posting about it. And that's like the next best thing, yeah. which it is. But I mean, I think people lack that education and people, there's too many people getting hurt. And then I'll say, well, I got hurt doing kettlebells, but it's not the kettlebell itself that hurt you. It's the way you were using it, how you did it. Yeah, you know, and it's 
it becomes less efficient, less effective for people mm -hmm. if they just uh, say, okay, I'll just watch a YouTube channel. Mm. You know, so uh, highly, I think education is undervalued these days and people will just want to go to it right away and just buy the kettlebell itself mm -hmm. rather than maybe uh, hiring a coach or getting a trainer to show them yeah. or getting a, a master instructor. Even trainers nowadays, you know, they, I think uh, they just kind of, not not it's a bad thing they do go for it i think it, everyone should mm -hmm. but uh keep learning keep educating yourself yeah yeah and uh yeah and it's also like it makes it more difficult that we live in a society we, we want the the really fast information the fast food of fitness or the fast food of anything and unfortunately like platforms like instagram i like it because i'm able to share my passion uh, but unfortunately a lot of people um, are going to be drawn by the nice like looking videos you see them yeah. like with the little really good editing and like good music something that goes fast and it's going even worse with TikTok. so i see i, I would never like i don't want to go to TikTok, even though i know that that's where we're heading we're heading into something that's move that's moving even faster than instagram even instagram like a few years ago I would never go there i'm like ah oh, that's too fast i want to be somewhere where it's like a little bit more relaxed but um these are tools that we need to use efficiently but unfortunately it makes it difficult because you just want to put things fast 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 i before coming i watched some of your videos on youtube and they're good they're pretty long they're, they're like you, you would explain a movement for seven ten minutes which you would never find on instagram where you find oh just do this and that and it's like super fast and uh maybe it's benefiting a little bit but it might be hurting uh, other people so totally. uh um, my content, I like my audience are for people that probably already know how to use the kettlebell, mm -hmm. and I always tell people, look, it should come with a, a warning label, you know, learn the basics first. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'll post content about workouts and stuff, but it's the the principles never uh, they never go away. Yeah. You know, so it's really technique, safety before anything. Right. So that's really what we want to emphasize is doing it properly and getting the most out of. Um, uh, that focus yeah yeah cool and um, so this is um, the physical like movement components of kettlebell and how um, well th there's one thing that I find really important like in the, the movement ca the the movement component is uh, uh, is the fact that it's integrative it's it moves your body as, as a whole where um, like it's one of the things that are really wrong when you go to a gym and you see people training is it's always about isolating everything sure. and this is something i noticed not just in training um let's say if you uh if you go for nutrition for example like we want to isolate everything oh i'm getting enough vitamin whatever i'm getting enough like 50 60 grams of proteins and people would go like Measure. you know measure and i'm like yeah i'm getting this protein this amount of omega-3 this amount of this of that but people don't realize that um if you ate, like let's say you eat like a i don't know like a piece of meat or uh eat something i don't know broccoli or an avocado like things come in a way that they're absorbed together mm -hmm. and this is a, just an analogy that i see like with training um like when you have like movements they they are better learned and they have a better effect when things come together not right. 
like doing a swing, you could just do this component and then do this component and then do this component. But I'm not sure like if it's going to be as efficient as doing everything together and it like engages your body as a whole. Totally. That's what I like about um, these types of movements. Yeah, it's different than isolation. And the isolation part comes from the uh, bodybuilding culture where yeah. you're trying to hypertrophy one muscle group and it's more like sculpting. You're mm -hmm. trying to look a certain way or sculpt the muscles in a certain way. For us, we don't care so much about aesthetics, yeah. even though we get them as a nice side effect. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more for the functionality and just to say the word, of course, functional, but I think many times trainers or workouts will say functional workout, but they won't be. Yeah. And it'll, uh, there'll be a bit too much of isolation work done. Yeah. Uh, you want to replicate things that you'll be doing outside the gym, which is carrying things. Yeah. Uh, doing movement patterns that the body will do as a human you'll push pull squat and lunge these are movements that the body can do mm -hmm. this is how you want to train yeah in an integrated way you want to use your whole body to do the exercise not just one muscle yeah so when you think of let's say the swing has to be in an integration of everything working together as one piece as one unit not mm -hmm. just your legs or hey, i'm going to isolate my core yeah. But for us, we don't do any core exercise. We don't need to. Yeah. Because every exercise is, is it core. That's it. That, yeah. Everything is core, yeah, right? Exactly. Everything is, I'm using my lats with everything. I'm using my glutes with everything. I'm using everything with everything. <laughs> you know, so even though there are, like, say, prime movers, we yeah. have, like, a squat. The prime movers are your legs. If I'm holding a kettlebell in the front, yeah. I'm front-loading my upper body. It's very active. Yeah. It's very engaged. So, you know, that's why we don't need to be doing accessory work so much unless you're a high level athlete and you're at that level. Yeah. Uh, so it's really getting the most for the least. Yeah. Um, it's that minimal effective dose, the 80-20 principle that you're going to get 80% of your results with 20% of your focus, the main exercises. Yeah. You know, so we discard the rest that we find, you'd say, useless, mm. you know, when we focus on what delivers. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the core exercises because I've had clients telling me, so when are we doing abs? I'm like, right. you've been doing abs <laughs> all along. It's Which is, you have to ask actually the client. Yeah. Uh, you have to, I always communicate with my students, say, do you feel your abs in this exercise? And they say, no, well, mm. I have to teach you. Yeah. You have to teach someone how to actually get them turned on. Yeah. Which is sometimes you have to make that mind muscle the connection. connection. Yeah. You can't take it for granted that someone will know you know, they will turn they will turn on because they've been sleeping for so long. Yeah. If they've been sleeping for so long, they don't know how to work them. Yeah. Until it becomes autonomous or a reflexive for that per that student, you know, you have to really make that mind muscle connection for them and teach them how to how to brace. Yeah. Or how to get that uh, we say uh, feeding the tension forward that feed forward tension. Yeah. Them. So the isometric connect uh, contraction. Yeah. Yeah, it's really important. I really see the impact when you like put your intention or like your consciousness or whatever you can call it yes. in a specific muscle doing the exercise. It's fascinating how you would feel it way more. You yeah. would feel sore, like especially like for your core because not many people realize how it engages. Like sometimes I would just be walking or hiking and I just think about like every part of me like doing, working. yeah, working and it's uh uh, and it's also like when you f do these types of functional training, I don't 
functional sometimes has uh, like it's used for everything. But when when your training has this functional uh, uh, nature, uh, you really feel uh, like your everyday life changes a lot. And one of the examples, like for me, running and hiking before, I would feel a lot sore in my legs, and which is normal. Like you would tell anyone, yeah, I feel sore in my legs because I was walking, running, or whatever. But with when I started changing like my philosophy and the way I train, I can tell like I feel sore pretty much everywhere because it's like you you use you use the you use your body so much differently. And whenever I'm getting tired a little bit here, I'm I'm gonna be pushing like swinging my arms, and and you feel that at, at a certain point it just a little bit soreness, but like divided pretty much through throughout your body. And before it was like so much focus in my legs because that's sure. like I need to like move forward and just my legs that are working. We have yeah. a saying, uh, we say spread the load. Yeah. So you wanna distribute the load throughout your body rather than one one part. Yeah. So that's our approach into training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so this mind-body connection, is it something that you learned through your uh, kettlebell uh, teachings that you got from uh, Pavlov mm-hmm. and I don't know if Pavel. other Pavlo Pavlo Pavel. okay Pavlo yeah yeah okay and people call him Pablo and <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> I wasn't sure if it's Pavlov or Pavlo uh, okay Pavel um, like is it something that you learned through this experience or uh, did you learn it from something different like more through like meditation or yeah. It was introduced to me by by Arnold when he was talking about it in one of his books, the uh, Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, talking about that it's really important for you to focus on your mind-muscle contraction. But he was thinking in terms of isolation. Mm. Um, The way Pavel describes it is integration with everything else. So linking everything together. So you're stronger if your muscles are cheering each other on. Mm. rather than one part only working on its own. Yeah. Right? So uh, if we use the example of doing, let's say, a squat, you're actually going to have a stronger squat if you use your grip, if you grip the barbell, if you grip the kettlebell, mm-hmm. if you grip the TRX or whatever you use. Yeah. So it's that whole body integration that uh-huh. links everything together. Yeah. It's called uh, hyper-irradiation. So irradiation, it's like throwing a pebble into a pond. Throw the pebble, and then there's a flicker of uh, irre- the, the 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 like. R- there's a ripple effect. Right. Yeah. So when you make a fist, if you make a fist right now, and you squeeze harder. Yeah. And you squeeze harder, and you squeeze harder, then your abs and come on, yeah. your legs come. Your huh. you see, you felt, then everything starts to come on around it. Right. Just by contracting harder, but just focusing on doing that. That's the idea of the full body tension having everything turn on when you're making it, you're doing a lift yeah. to be stronger as a result. Mm. Okay. Wow. That's And you use the breathing and then you're even stronger. Yeah. So what's your your breathing um routine or the way you use it for your training because I know that there is um I've learned it different way. I think we talked yeah. about it uh one day uh sure. that like the one I I knew before was like exhaling when you do the d- sure. difficult part of the movement. 
and I would do this with my squats, and I would do this all the time, and then I learned through Polchek that you actually want to inhale when you expand, like let's say you're, you're coming out of your squat, so you're sure. inhaling because you're making space, and then if you, let's say, you're doing a crunch, for example, even though I don't do crunches, but like if you go like this, you want to make space, so you exhale. Sure. And I've been doing this, so what's your take on uh, breathing? Yeah, it depends on your goal, and we can apply it to different case scenarios. So you really have to take it into context. Breathing is key for everything you want to do from relaxation, from calming down, from able to control stressful situations, uh, from meditation, and from training and creating it. What you understand is, what's the objective here? What are you trying to do? Mm -hmm. What's your task at hand? If I'm trying to lift a very heavy object, I want to create intra-abdominal pressure. And the moment you, uh, you breathe in, uh, if you don't know how to do what's called breathing behind the shield, mm -hmm. then there's a, uh, there's a chance for leakage, or for the, te the tension or the, uh, the pressure to let out. So think of a balloon. Right, yeah. Right? Let's th think of a, a balloon that's, you blow up the balloon. There's more pressure and it's more solid. It's more, it's stronger. Mm -hmm. But think if you let it deflate, it's, it's like weaker, right? Mm. The pressure kind of yeah. goes in and you're able to push it more in. Yeah. So think of your uh, your torso like a box. You really want to be able to stabilize. It's all about stability. Okay. When you create that um, that stability, uh, that proximal stability, then you can create strength and stability uh, throughout the rest of your joints. Mm -hmm. Right, so it comes from the middle, from your torso, and you have to create that that stability, the intra-abdominal pressure, if you want to lift heavy loads. There's uh, no other way. Yeah. But if your objective is to relax, and to do as many repetition as possible, then you have to find ways to relax, because tension uh, takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of effort, and you can't do it for long periods of time. It's like a sprint. Yeah. It's very intense. Yeah. Your power is gonna drop very quickly. So you can't sprint for more than 20, uh, literally probably 10, 15 seconds. Mm. Then you're going to stop dropping speed. Quality is going to go down. So mm. again, it has to be taken into context. Yeah. What are you trying to do? If you're trying to do, let's say, uh, Hindu squats, yeah, exactly. Use mm. that type of breathing. Yeah, it's gonna help you. It's gonna help you flow better, and it's gonna help better for for endurance. Okay, depends uh, on the intensity. Depends on the in intensity. It's gonna create create less restriction for the blood flow as well. Yeah. So like I guess like if you go like 15 20 reps you want to sure do this and if you like yeah, go you in can't like hard maximum like four tension for yeah. 15 20. So yeah. you have to kind of relax and maybe towards the end towards it gets harder you're able to squeeze more out. Yeah. Using use a little more tension for the very last ones. So yeah. it has to be taken into context. Yeah. What's the goal? Yeah. So Breathing is a kind of a gateway for something that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. I think we should always always ask ourselves like, what's the goal? Like, we want we're always following like like influencers and athletes and people like all around. Like, oh, he's doing this. I'm gonna do the same. But like, what are you trying to achieve? That's like, it. and we should always keep that in mind. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. So now we talked about like your breathing. So what about like your overall routine? Like, how do you like how how do you like how would you achieve like your uh, maximal potential as uh, I know like your goal is different from other people uh, but like what's like the the routine that's ideal for you um, for me or for someone uh, we'll start with for you and then we can ask the other question which is um, 
we can find like a general goal that many people have, like let's say like uh, lose weight or um, uh, just feel better, like COVID is hitting all of sure. us. And so we'll start for you, like okay. with your goal and what is the well, routine that, that you're keeping? Um, I have a very particular case. So I run a, a business right. and I'm soon to be a father actually. Oh, and congrats. So, you know, timing is, a, timing is an issue. So mm. I have time constraints. And anyone that has a time constraint is a busy person, whether you're an entrepreneur <coughs> or a, a, a worker, if you work for a company or you run your own business, whatever the case may be, you're a student, you go to school. I think this is the case with most people, unless they spend their day in the gym, right? Yeah. So you want it the most for the least. In my yeah. case, I'm a minimalist at heart. Right. I could be content with doing the same program for months on end. Yeah. I'm not sure that's the case with most people. <coughs> I think most people would will need a little more variety than myself. Yeah. So I've been doing uh, swings and Turkish get-ups for the okay. past four months. Just these two? Just these two. Wow, okay. Because I know that they deliver so much benefits and I'm content doing them day in, day out, every day. It takes me about 45 minutes to an hour to complete a session without rushing the clock. I'll just do my workout. Every day? Every day, yeah. Okay. Pretty much every day unless I have an issue, but I will usually train every day. But I could see steady progress. Okay. I see my weights going up. It's like laying a brick, you know, but you have to lay a brick one by one. Mm. You can't build the house in a day. Yeah. So imagine if you have, you know, every day you put a brick, every day, and then within a year, you may have a house or a room or something like this. Yeah. But it builds a foundation for later success. I think too many people, they try to build a house out of straw. Yeah. You know, and then it crumbles. Yeah. So uh, they did a lot of studies with, you know, different types of programs. And the quicker your gains, the quicker you will lose them. Mm. But the more time it takes you to build the foundation, the more you will hold on to them, the more they, they, will, they will become permanent. Yeah. And they will uh, become uh, they more concrete. Your body will actualize that potential. So yeah. it, you really have to take your time into training and not force progress, not force adaptation. Yeah. People try to force adaptation, they will push, they'll redline their body, and these are only short-term tactics. It'll lead to short-term games and plateau, and um, they will lose it just as quick as they'll, they'll get it. Yeah. Let's so I take my time and my training. That's yeah. for me. What if I play the devil's advocate and I would say um, you need variety to to always stay uh, sure. simulated, like your body would need. Like let's say if you, if you focus on like one or two patterns, your body would not be adaptable. W what would you think about yeah, this? Yeah, I think uh, there are many approaches to training. And I will ask you, I will follow up another question is, are you seeing progress in your training? Mm -hmm. That's the question you have to be able to, to say yeah. yes or no. Yeah. Is are you able to track <laughs> your progress? If the answer is no, you have to reduce your variables. You have too many variables, sir. Mm. Because you cannot tell me if you're actually getting better. Mm. So people will change their workouts every time. It's great because they're active. And I know that people have to find something that they enjoy doing. And it's a distraction from the everyday. Yeah. So they're still staying active in their training. But if you really want to get down to the, the, the gist of it, are you making progress? Are you getting stronger? Are you building muscle? Are you losing weight? Yeah. Are you improving your skill? Yeah. You know, so are you able to track if you're getting better? So if you, if you want to change your exercise, change it. But in training, there's only so many variables you can change. Mm -hmm. And I think people should change their variables one at a time. Mm. And they don't have to kind of 
you have an expression throw throughout the baby with the bath water right. it's like throw everything out so i need to change everything all over again so yeah. they never really get to improve you know yeah so if you want to improve into one thing you have to keep it in your program but you may have to change it slightly to keep saying to keep saying an improvement in the exercise or the movement so for example if you want to improve your bench press then i'm going to go from maybe uh incline to flat bench mm -hmm. or i'm going to go from uh wide grip to close grip yeah you know i'm not going to change my programming so much that it completely changes my focus yeah. so again it goes with what's your what's your goal what are you trying to achieve if you're just trying to stay motivated and you enjoy the variety, I say go for it. If it's keeping you motivated, yeah. I think that's the first step. I think most people, that's the hard part, yeah. is kind of staying with the routine, but finding something for them that they can do that's repeatable, that they enjoy doing, and it's uh, sustainable for them over long yeah. term. It's sustain you being able to sustain it. Problem I see is people, they feel like, oh, they haven't done nothing for months, and they go ahead in the gym and they spend three hours in the gym and they kill themselves. They do every machine, every circuit in the gym. Yeah. And then the next day, they have, they, they're so sore, they kill themselves. They need a whole week to recover yeah. and they give up yeah. and they don't do it. Yeah. So you can just do a little bit, you know, once or twice a week, just slowly get into an easy routine. You don't have to do every body part. You just do um, global exercises like squats and push-ups. Mm. Start to feel good again. You yeah. don't have to kill yourself in a gym. That's what I would tell, tell people to do. But keep those same exercises in your program. That way you can see an improvement. Yeah. You know, and track your results. Yeah, I, I like, I like this, this strategy because it's, uh, it's like a medical research kind of setup. You, sure. you want to you wanna test like a medicine or like a vitamin or something. You want to isolate it just sure. by itself and see, see if like it works. how, yeah. Otherwise, it's like too much variables and like, oh yeah, the people are getting better, but like they were maybe like exercising or sleeping better. So there's like a lot of variables, but it's good to like keep everything the same and then change things. Exactly. One thing uh, so at I keep time. Two, only two exercises in my program for mm -hmm. the time being. And I'm actually, I know I can uh, condense my workout on certain days. I can yeah. finish my workout a little sooner. If I keep the same variables, I know I'm doing 10 sets of 10. How long did it take me today? Okay, yesterday I did it, it was a little bit longer. Today, I finished it in a shorter time. So mm. I was a bit better. Yeah. You know? So these are the little variables. I changed one variable at a time. Um, and with kettlebells, programming is different than with other, uh, like body weight or barbell or dumbbell. It has yeah. to be programmed a little bit differently. Yeah, okay. So now we talked about like your objective, your goal. Um, like I'm gonna say something that's that might resonate with a lot of people sure. like I get clients people contacting me they're um, they're working from home um, lacking motivation they they try to go to the gym but it keeps closing and opening yeah. it's getting cold they don't want to be outside sure. um, there's this amazing option that they can have a kettlebell at home which I recommend like everybody like just contact like I'll put uh, Lucas contact after and you can get yourself some kettlebells which is amazing that's what I do now at home um, but like some someone is like they're lacking the motivation they don't have enough energy like to think about like changing their routine they're just like in their day-to-day -day. Um, like an average person would want to lose I don't know 10 20 pounds get like a little bit fitter yeah, sure. uh, getting more motivation what are the things that you think would be essential as a new routine absolutely so there's a few things I think uh, number one it comes down to simplicity simplifying things and coaching if you 
do not know what you're doing. If you're, you know, you're lost about what to do, hire a coach, get a personal trainer or someone that can guide you, make a personalized plan for you, uh, something that's more tailored. Um, another thing too that's a, that, that is nice is the community aspect. Mm -hmm. you know, join a, maybe a group, group class. Now people are doing it online. Yeah. Uh, find your tribe, find something that you like doing that you can stick to. If you're that type of person that can do it on their own, it's having a, an easy routine that mm -hmm. is simple, not overcomplicated, that is accessible, and you see yourself doing it regularly. Yeah. So I would only recommend a handful of exercises for people to just do and get better at and practice. Have the, the, uh, the, the philosophy that you want to just get better, that you want to practice. You don't have to work out, but just practice it. And it, it just uh, it doesn't have to be... Um, a certain amount of time it could be intermittent yeah if you only have 10 minutes just do this for 10 minutes just do two or three things yeah you know and focus on your body focus on the feeling yeah. at the beginning so you know focus on movement patterns such as a squat or push-up or pulling exercises mm. you know do movement patterns that will benefit you outside the gym you know and then if you don't know what to do hire a coach get someone to, to guide you and to give you a, a program because a lot of the times people will kind of uh, say, oh, this looks cool, so I'll try this, and they end up uh, giving up, it was too hard, or they get injured, mm. uh, it's not for them, it's not at their, at their level. Yeah. You know, but generally, that, that's my advice. Yeah, we, we focus so much on finding the perfect workouts or routine, but the perfect workout is the one you do. If you just, Correct. If you just do something, move for 10, 20 minutes every day, just walk, this is like Correct. a perfect, because you're able to do it every day. Yes. Um, but yeah, we need to change our mind. Like we have, we're, we live in a, in a crazy world where like there's just too much information. There's too much Agreed. people are stuck and they, they get, you just get stuck like trying to find the perfect thing. And, Agreed. Uh, it's hard to find, it's hard to like decipher what, what's good, what should I do? Yeah things keep so simple and keeping it simple that's what you guys do and I it's it's cool I I, I personally fall sometimes in the trap of like functional training and try to put like a lot of variables uh, to keep people simulated but I'm also like convinced that sometimes we need to keep um, like but I even though I put like more ver uh, like variability uh, I always make sure that uh, it's always the pattern the movement patterns that come back and I would be having a client, sometimes they get bored, like doing like one type of exercise. I would just like switch it a little bit. Sure. They're still doing the same pattern, but it makes them feel like they're doing something exactly. exciting new. Like, oh yeah, that's cool. I think, you know, you, you have it right. And uh, there's a few more things I want to add to what you're saying is, first is you have to have fun. Yeah. You have to enjoy it. And find ways to keep it interesting. You know, keep the same movement patterns and help them progress. Mm. If they see results, they're gonna be motivated to stay. That's gonna be that's gonna make it more fun for them. If they're increasing weight, yeah, you know, rather than distract them with the new and best thing, um, the newest exercise that people, you know, your celebrity trainers doing. Mm. It's just keeping focusing on the basics and also educating the people, telling them that this is really what's gonna give you the best uh, bang for your buck, most yeah. uh, most benefit for your investment in time. Right. You know. So yeah, you can you can cook a squat in many ways, but it's still a squat. Right. Keep doing keep doing squats. Yeah. You know, so Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Keeping it simple. Keeping it simple. All right. Well, uh, I think we're 
wrapping up now, getting, getting to the end. I'm, I'm really enjoying this so far. Um, so there's these questions I ask my uh, people that I have on every time is, so when you woke up this morning, was there something like one thing that you're grateful for? Grateful to be able to change people's lives because uh, even though, you know, gyms are closed right now, current situation, people need us more than ever. Mm -hmm. They need our voices to be heard. We need to speak louder because the, we have to be at the forefront of prevention in the healthcare system. Right. Not just wearing masks, you're getting uh, vaccinated, which is fine, and those things can work. But what's the root is the healthy diet, healthy lifestyle, right? The training, the yeah. healthy immune, the stronger immune system. Yeah. Because if you're strong already, you can, um, you can be resilient if you do get sick. You can bounce back. And mm -hmm. uh, you'll have more chances of, of, uh, of making it. Yeah. So, so that's it. Just living a healthier lifestyle, be, being stronger mentally, physically. And uh, for me, it's being able to promote these things right now, mm. which everyone is online. So it's great. We have great yeah. opportunity. Yeah. It's such social it media. Yeah. I find like it's such a good time to, uh, um, to be doing what you're doing. And I realized that uh, during this time of COVID, when I was training clients and, and so many people, like I could see so many personal trainers that are uh, changing their career. They're like, this is not the right time for me. I was like, this is the exact right time to do this because yeah. people, I feel like in 2020, people are looking at themselves in the mirror. There's a lot of things that are changing and people are taking the time to be with themselves. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I'm feeling this, but I'm just feeling it. It's something that I could feel it. Uh, that people are taking their time and what's happening is they're, they're either uh, getting locked in a, in a negative state of mind of um, I am everything is fucked there's nothing I can do and I'm, I'm just gonna stay home order pizza and, and work on my whatever thing they're working on their computer sure. or other people are they're like <laughs> they're changing in, immensely and I had new clients coming in and they they have this motivation this crazy motivation they want to change them their, their lives because they took the time to go in the deep cave and, sure. and think about uh, things they want to work on and that's what's creating like a separation i feel like there's like this big separation of people like stuck in uh, in this mindset uh, state of mind uh this negative state of mind and other people that are waking up and uh it's such a good time to be at this time where you can uh share your knowledge and 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 empower people to uh to kind of because they have the motivation they just need someone to give them like a little bit of knowledge and push them that's exactly. what we're here for we're not here to like i don't like saying like some people look for a personal training for motivation i don't think it's right because the motivation comes from you because you came talk to me and i'm here to tell you give you tools so you can move move ahead we're here to inspire and empower yeah and educate yeah so i think it's the right time to uh, to do this so yeah and same yeah and Another question um, is there what is the one not worst mistake but best mistake you've ever done? I think was thought about this is killing myself in the gym. So yeah. These, these, these intense programs and being rigid about this is the way it should be, these are the results I should have, and, and then ending up by burning out and making mistakes and uh, getting, going backwards getting injured mm -hmm. you know so I realized that progress happens at its own your body is gonna want to adapt naturally 
Yeah. You stimulate it with the right amount of training and you don't have to do more. So I like to have the minimum effective dose in my training, which is, uh, let's say, the rate of perceived exertion, which is in my workouts. Yeah. Like seven or eight on 10. Yeah. You know, some days I'll, I'll dial it back to a six. Um, if I do a competition or I'm doing a test, I'll push it to a nine. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't need to kill myself every time I hit uh, the weights or do my training. And I did that for, for a while and then I was journaling and then just thing, things became worse. Yeah. You know, so I, I've been doing it and made all the mistakes in the books. Yeah. You know, so realizing now I can tell people, look, you don't have to do that. Yeah. It's not necessary. Yeah, it's good to make mistakes. Just don't do, just don't make the same one. Make right. different ones and learn from, sure. from them. It's nice to push yourself once in a while. You know, you have your, if you have a training partner or you're at a community and people are encouraging. Yeah. But it shouldn't be like a, going to war every time with yourself. Mm. You know, you put too much pressure on your mind and it's too stressful. Yeah. So just don't make your workout so stressful. Yeah. Enjoy them. Enjoy your body. Enjoy your strength. Uh, keep making progress and listen to your body as well. Yeah. And it also comes down also to uh, your objective, your goal, because um, like one example I have is I, I, I watch this crazy like uh, uh, trail runners. They do like ultra marathon, 100 kilometers and plus. And when you see them like doing what they do, their bodies are destroyed. They're they, and they're fully aware of it. They yeah. know they, they know that what they're doing is going to kill them and it's like killing their body and it's but they do it with a purpose and the purpose is not the physical it, it is a physical challenge but it's the the mental challenge and it's what they gain mentally they have like eye-opening experiences they know more about themselves it's like i feel like people should be aware about what they're doing if you go let's say do an ultra marathon you're not doing it to have um stronger legs because you won't <laughs> you won't you won't i mean like you won't be healthy it's uh, you're you're probably healthier than someone who uh, sleeps on the couch all day but still these people know that there is a drawback but they do it with a purpose and we should do the same for sure. everything for every I mean, workout for every extreme you get to there's a cost yeah you pay a price for yeah. whatever extreme you, you yeah. go to yeah and you want to stay in between that's you know, it if you decide to go that way then you know you'll get the glory <laughs> but there's, there'll be a price to pay. Always there's anything. A co- there's a cost to adaptation for anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if you go like medium, you're not going crazy. You're going like uh, five, six exertion level. You're still paying something. You're, you're paying for not doing anything. You're True. paying for, for not doing a lot. And you're, yeah, it's, it's the power of choice. We're just choosing sure. whatever works for us and we're paying we the price. We also want the rewards yeah. that come, come with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, that's a wrap. Um, if people want to know more about what you do, I guess what would be the best place? Instagram? Uh, yeah, both. Web- they can go to my page, Kettlebell Club, on Facebook or okay. Instagram. Yeah. This is our, our studio, how we help uh, men and women transform. Right. So they can find out about more what we do. If you uh, want to look at me up on Instagram at Kettlebeast. Okay. I'm going to share that's all these links. Yeah. My link. And I'm on YouTube at Hardstyle Kettlebell Pro. Okay. To get tutorials, workouts, and information, programs, stuff like that, some good info on cool. the training. All right, I'll put the links for everything. Luca, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me here. It's a nice gym, and I encourage you to look what he does. Um, and yeah, watch his YouTube videos. They're really, really 
uh, good, good teachings. Thanks, Luca. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Talking to Luca was really insightful, at least for me. I learned a lot of things and I'm hoping that I would integrate them in my routine and with my clients as well. If there's one thing I would remember from talking to him, it's always thinking minimalistic. Don't overthink things. Don't try to overcomplicate just to make things look fancy, but just do the basics and you might see good results. Especially now with the COVID, all gyms closed, just get yourself a set of kettlebells. Find a good coach, someone who's gonna show you how to do the movements safely and efficiently, and just do it. 